Welcome to Distill the Bourbon Podcast. This is Brent. I'm here with Brian and Chuck. And today, fellas, it's all about bottom shelf whiskeys. Brian, what in the heck is a bottom shelf whiskey? Well, it depends on who you ask. But for me, bottom shelf whiskey is any whiskey that is about $30 or under, uh, which there's seems to be fewer and fewer of those these days uh, with bourbon demand and, and all of its... Uh, yeah, and so several of these whiskeys are going to be uh, bourbons, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we have six bourbons, and then we have one corn whiskey that we're going to sample today. All blind tastings. Yeah, I love that. So, uh, Chuck, what are your expectations with the three of us knuckleheads doing a tasting? Well, look, uh, I don't claim to have a golden palate. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not Me neither. <laughs> bur- bourbon sommelier. Uh, you know, I, I like what I like, uh, and I'm looking to see if we can find some nice tasty um, bargain whiskeys that anybody could enjoy um you can find on the shelf every day that you could find on the shelf and not spend a whole lot of money maybe even find something that's priced in the teens yeah I, I think we're gonna be surprised as well because anytime i do a blind uh, tasting there's something that surprised me and a lot of times it's much better when i do a blind tasting than it is if i know what it is we have those preconceived notions just because something is more expensive that it should taste better. For sure. In bourbon, that's just not the case. Yeah, sometimes when I'm at a tasting, like at a distillery, and, and I hear the story, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is fantastic. I've got to get me some Blade & Bow because it has a few drops of 20-year-old whiskey yeah, in it. Yeah, <laughs> Then you take it home and you're disappointed. Yeah. Well, so we have no idea what these are, basically, that uh, we're being served. Uh, and the lovely Christina McDaniel is helping us out today. So thank you to your wife. We appreciate that. So uh, shall we try bourbon number one number from one, the bottom shelf? One. All right. Looks like bourbon. Smells like bourbon. Okay. So on Brent's Likert scale of bourbon tasting, it goes from zero to one with uh, zero being, no, that's bad. And one being, yeah, I'll drink that again. I, I kind of like that one. I, yeah. I'm surprised we're starting out in a good positive spot. It's and not too spicy for me. It has kind of a sweet finish to it. It does. Yeah. Not picking up a lot of the nose, but definitely has a sweet Caramelly, caramel taste to it. Yeah, I would totally drink that, and I think it might go fairly well with um, some sort of mixer as well. What do you think, fellas? Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's a pretty good sipper. Yeah, I would. I would not be disappointed being served this. I would say it probably eighty to ninety proof. Seems yeah. lower proof to me. Yeah, easy on the palate. Yeah. Hey man, this might we might have to try some more some more uh, bottom shelf. Whiskey's if this is the way oh, it's going. Oh, episode two, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, this is this is off to a good start. That uh, it is. I would not be unhappy to be served that neat or on the rocks or in a cocktail. Absolutely, I'm going back for the last the, drop uh, here. I think on the rocks for me, it might be a little too watered down. Might not be much depth there, but yeah, definitely neat. I like it. <clears throat> All right, very cool. Okay, we're off to a good start with a tasty bottom shelf. Okay, so uh, let's move on to bottom shelf bourbon number two. We'll see what this one's like. I'm going to, I hear Chuck opening his water there. I think I will cleanse the palate as well. I wish I would put a rye in there just to see if we could pick it out. I'm sure we all could have the spice of the rye. So what would be a a good bottom shelf rye? What would be a bottom shelf rye? Bullet. Just about $30. Okay, Um, yeah. Would you say that's probably the one of the best-selling rhymes that you have? By far. That and Peerless, I would guess. Peerless obviously yeah, costs Peerless. more. Yeah. But I've noticed over the last year, year and a half, our Peerless sales have just skyrocketed. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. 
So let's turn to uh, bottom shelf bourbon number two. Just uh, Justina took it easy on us the first time around. I'm not picking up a lot, a lot of nose on this one. Yeah, I had no nose. And the taste. I don't I'm not, know. I'm not a fan man, of this no, one. I'm I get not, some tobacco. I get leather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this one's almost uh, not there for me. Yeah. It's, it don't, I'm usually a pretty mild, you know, give me something in the 90s proof kind of guy. This one I don't think has quite enough. No, that doesn't have much of a taste for sure. Uh, and I'm not even sure it would hold up in a cocktail. Um, um, yeah, this is this is this is not a good thing. No. Okay, so number two, not just enough there. Probably we wouldn't buy this one uh, just for ourselves anyway. Now she snuck in Blanton's on us, and that was number two. I'm going to be really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I said that I got leather out of that, I don't mean in a in a good way because leather can smell good. This was more like old boot leather, right? Yeah, and I'm not picking up a lot of notes. I mean, I'm not one to pick up a lot of notes anyway. But all I really get is tobacco. Just yeah. I couldn't smell it. I couldn't taste smell it. it either. I got the alcohol, <clears throat> but it was it was almost like that. Uh, Chuck, that's your classic. Take the distillate, put it in a a charred white oak. Bucket, walk it across the room and pour it into a glass. Kind of thing. Well, that definitely shoots down the claim that uh, all whiskey tastes alike because those two could not have been any different. No, yeah. I, I'd agree with that 100%. All right. All right. Shall we see what we have for number, number three. three here? Moving right along. Oh, get some sweetness on the, on the nose. Uh, there's sweetness on the palate at the front of the mouth. Yeah, some, on Brent's Likert scale, that's a keeper. Yeah. Get some chocolate. Yeah. In the back end. I don't like this one as much as I did number one. I agree. But this is something I would drink. I would drink it much better than number two for sure. Yeah. I think this has maybe a hair more rye than the first one had. But it's not a bad peppery finish. It's it's smooth. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Lower proof again, it seems like. Well, some of that may be just be because we're getting so used to higher proof whiskeys, you know, 100, 110. There's, there was a time when the name Wild Turkey 101, you know, just had your knees shaking. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much uh, cask strength bourbon out there that I'm sure that all of our palates have, have, oh, have changed. changed. <clears throat> all right. So bottom shelf bourbon or whiskey number four. Don't get too much on the nose. Boy, there's nothing there. There's nothing. Even the taste is it's almost... I just water. I I am going to speculate that number four is that corn whiskey. Uh, that's what I would assume. Yeah. Is it sweet? Yeah. I haven't tasted it yet. It's no, not not to me. It's well, not really it's, sweet. Well, corn whiskey ought to be pretty sweet. I guess on the finish, it is a little sweet. A little but sweet. Not as much as I would I would suspect. A little for peppery a corn, finish too. So yeah. maybe this isn't corn whiskey after all. Yeah. I think I think this is this has rye. And for those of you that don't know, corn whiskey is basically just has to be fifty one percent. Corn or more. Is that correct? And and this one, I think, might be 100% corn. Mellow corn, yes, it is. Yep. So just so you know, we did see what products were, were coming in here. We don't know what we're tasting right now, but we did see what bottles Brian brought in, and I recognize that mellow corn. I had picked up a bottle of it at the Evan Williams Experience in downtown Louisville, thinking, oh, I, you know, I, I like, like a nice sweet whiskey. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'd never tried it, so... A little buyer's remorse afterwards, yeah. but it, it wasn't expensive, so yeah. there, there was no harm done. But this has so little nose that I thought maybe this would be it, but I don't think so. It's got a, too much of a peppery finish. Yeah, the, I'm getting a little pepper and a little sweetness on, on the back end. Um, the front end, I'm not getting much of anything. Yeah, it's just kind of flat for me. 
I don't see a lot of uh, interest there. Yeah. I, probably, I, I wouldn't buy it. Why should it be Bernheim? <laughs> <laughs> Woodford Double Oak. Yeah. <laughs> it is not Woodford Double Oak. I've sampled enough to that. No. First time I had Woodford Double Oak was at the distillery. And at that point, all I'd ever had was just Woodford, which I thought was fine. Uh, and at that first tasting, I thought, I have, I just don't get it. I think just regular Woodford is, is fine. Then a few months later, I went to a New Year's Eve party up the street at a, at a friend's house, and I had some double oak neat, and I had a love affair going on. I, yeah. I really like Woodford. That is one I prefer neat, absolutely. I agree. And I would say the same for the peerless double oaked. Oh, yeah. I like it uh, neat as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it in the bathtub, you know, into whatever <laughs> it is. However, I can get that. Okay, this is number five. Moving on to five. Oh, it's got something there. Oh, gosh. What is that, though? Yikes. It's um, it's, it's, it's got a, a, a little bit of a licorice. Yeah, that is well, completely different than anything else that we've tried. Yeah. What? And it's up front. Yeah, almost a chemical smell. The, the chemical smell, smell is exactly what I was yeah. going to yeah. say. And it could you be. You li- said that. It, I, I'm not a fan of licorice. I'm getting some licorice, and I'm not a fan of licorice either. A little spicy, a little spicy. Yeah, that does not taste like whiskey to me. Uh, you know, I've never heard anybody apply this term, but it to me it tastes dusty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, these whiskeys are so different. If you haven't done this at home, go pick up half a dozen bottom shelf uh, bourbons. Uh, it's going to cost you the same as a really nice uh, or maybe overpriced bourbon. Do this yourself. This is fascinating to me. I love the fact we're not doing double blind. It, it, it's just blind. Right. But Justina's not telling us anything about it. She's just handing it to us. So uh, it's it, it, this is this is cool. Yeah. I think I know what we're going to be doing at the New Year's Eve party, fellas. I had a friend do this uh, for us one time in his house with uh, uh, dry reds. Had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Are we up to number six already? Number six. Oh, wait. Th- th- this is the new one. Yeah, I, I don't need any more of no. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is number six. Wow. Mm. I am so looking forward to finding out just what it is that we're sampling here because uh, there's there's some strong emotions going on. Wow. Yeah. This one, by the nose, it's got to be melicorn to me. And again, I've never tried melicorn, but mm-hmm. it's got a real sweet nose. Yes. Tastes like a whiskey. Yeah, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Reminds oh. me of my college days. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's it's not unwelcome. It's okay. I mean, yeah. I, I would say this is probably a second or third favorite out of all the ones we tried so far. Yeah, a little sweeter than I typically typically like, but so would you buy it in a cocktail? I think so. In a cocktail, in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. There are so many out there, you know, that it's like, yes, I would buy that. I'm going to always keep that in my bar. I don't know that I would keep this in my bar intentionally. If I bought it and tried it, I think I would keep it till it was gone. Till it was gone, and then not replace it. Right. I don't think this is altogether unfortunate. Number six, I I think it's got some merit to it. Would you buy it, Chuck? I think I would. It's got a walnut taste to it. It's interesting. Here's number seven. What do you get on the nose, fellas? Get something. I'm not getting anything on the nose. I, you know, I'm getting that that kind of dusty nose that I got on the on the palate from number um, uh, number five. Yeah. 
It I'm, tastes better than number five, though. I'm getting is the ethanol in the nose. It has a little caramel in it. I like this one. I like this one. This I one. mean, it's kind of plain Jane, but I like it. Yeah. It's got a lot of vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say this is probably my second favorite. Yeah. I, I would have this. I suspect this is Bernheim. I've never had Bernheim. Could, I've been wrong before, plenty of times. Just don't tell my wife that. Hey, it's, it's a funny game. <laughs> it's a funny game, guys. All right. Christina, can we please have the list of bourbons? So Justina has just revealed that she started with the lowest proof and went up to the highest proof. And indeed, Brian was talking about, well, this is like an 80 proof on, the, on that, that first one. Yeah, Although we, we like it a lot. Two, yeah, it seemed very and, light and mild. And and you had said that we weren't sure that that would hold up on the rocks very well. Yeah, it might get diluted too fast. All right, you ready? You guys ready to find out what we were drinking? Man, I can't wait. I'm curious for number oh, one. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, so what's your favorite? For me, number one, and then number two would be number seven. Yeah, I would probably go one and seven, but. Uh, number three was pretty doggone close. I would that may be a two A there yeah. for me. Well, it was it was so much better compared to number two. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so number one was Cooper's. Whoa! See, I told you it was good stuff. I, so prior, tell me about Cooper's. Prior, prior to starting this podcast, I was laying the bottles out, and Chuck and I were discussing Cooper's craft. And Chuck said he was a fan of it, and I said, uh, you know, I'm not really a fan of Cooper's and I was talking about uh, Bernheim and how much I really liked it, but yet in the blind tasting, Cooper's it is, I guess. Uh, Cooper's is a, is a brown foreman product. It is. Uh, it comes in a kind of a blue and white label. Uh, I, I don't routinely buy it. It's awfully affordable. I don't know why I don't get it more often. I, I, get, I maybe I get kind of uh, for you know cocktail grade stuff. Uh, I get kind of stuck, but really, uh, that's a good sipper. It is, and uh, it's a relatively new product. It's only been out on the market three or four years. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, we would all three have it on our shelves at no, home, right? No, no question. Sure, yeah. I, I will be buying Cooper's again. Cooper's crack. <laughs> I just saw what was number two. Number two, Bernheim. Oh, you've oh. got to be kidding me. <laughs> this thing's rigged. That's what it says right here on this paper. Oh so Brian came into this tasting really touting Bernheim as being the, the, the good stuff and Coopercraft not being much at all. And boy, Bernheim, it just went down in flames. It, uh, Bernheim is a Heaven Hill product. Uh, their big distillery in Louisville, which I believe is um, uh, KYDSP1. Yes. Uh, I've, I've They don't do tours. I've ne- never been to that distillery, never even laid eyes on it. Uh, but... Uh, uh, Mr. Bernheim was a distiller in the early 20th century and made quite a fortune. There is a thousands of acre nature preserve uh, south of Louisville, uh, between Louisville and Bardstown. If you're in uh, in bourbon country, by all means, uh, drop by uh, Bernheim Forest and hike and take a look at their uh, their their landscaping and plantings. It's, it's a cool place. Um, but Mr. Bernheim did well for himself, and I'm not sure that Heaven Hill is doing right by him so i never like to speak uh, negatively about any bourbons because we we all have different tastes right i'm sure there are people out there that love this product sure but i don't think it's going to be in the bridges bar anytime soon to be honest with you yeah i'm i'm thinking just import something else in mind i think that's what happened that's exactly what <laughs> happened i'm sure you, you had something else in, in the back of your mind so i think we all like number three as well number three is buff 
Trace. What huh? in the? Oh, Buff. Buffalo Trace. Gotcha. <laughs> buff, I love it. Buff. Yeah. I was thinking about you, Chuck. That I just kind of stopped. Right and there. Let, let me, I did say these are all readily available. Uh, Buffalo Trace has gotten to where it's not readily available as much anymore. So uh, if you're at home and you're blind tasting these and you really like that one, if you see it, you better pick it up because it's getting harder and harder to get. It was good product. It is, yeah. Yep, I'd have it. Uh, I do have it in my uh, in my cabinet, and it will uh, stay, stay there, there as long as I can find it. By the way, speaking of Buffalo Trace, it's the holidays are coming up, and it's a time to kind of treat yourself a little bit. If you can put your hands on some Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon cream, man, that stuff is catnip. Mm. It is so tasty. I don't think ill of me, folks. I've tried it on oatmeal, just a little bit, a little, a, a teaspoon. Yeah. Uh, it just adds a great flavor. It is, uh, I, you know, I've I've had a lot of sweet liqueurs in in the past, uh, but uh, Buffalo Trace Bourbon Cream puts them all in the dust. It's good stuff. Yes. All right, number four, we said might be the corn whiskey, and uh, what what kind of notes did you have on number four, uh, fellas? Very little. Sweet and pepper on the back end. That's exactly what I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Sweet think we on, loved it, right? No. Sweet on the front, peppery on the back. The note here says bench. Benchmark single barrel. Benchmark single barrel. Yeah. A, a bottom shelf single barrel. Yep. That's crazy talk. For a single barrel, it just didn't didn't have that punch you would expect. It didn't. I mean, it, just saying, could you tell us what proof the benchmark is? 95 proof. So it seems very low for a single barrel. Yeah. Now well, it's just however much water they pour into yeah. it. All right, so uh, yeah, some some people who I think have more premium single barrel stuff might aim more toward cask strength. Yeah, if they're trying to. They're, well, for being under thirty dollars, you almost have to water it down some. Otherwise, it's going to be forty plus dollars more than likely. Got to make some green somehow. Yep. All right, here's so number, number five. We said was kind of a chemical and dusty uh, taste. Yeah, I'm really curious. All right, here it comes mellow. Really? Yeah. We thought there were like six six of these were mellow, except for this one. I don't think anybody, any of us said, oh, that must be the corn whiskey. No, I, I thought for sure number six was mellow corn. So, Justina, is that mellow corn? Is that 100% corn, the mash bill? Yep. Okay. Well, this may explain why I was a little disappointed Uh I mean no ill toward Heaven Hill. They have some great products. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bernheim and and Mellow Corn are not two of them. Uh, Elijah Craig is a is a great product. They've uh, you know they've got tons of good stuff. Uh, Mellow Corn, I just probably ought to just stay away from it. Yeah, there's also one more Heaven Hill product we tasted that you haven't revealed yet. So I'll be curious to see if it's number six or number seven. JTS Brown. All right. Well, let's talk about number six. Uh, number six, let's see. I said it reminded me of my college days. It was a little bit sweet. It was sweet. Um, it is the Kirkland's brand from Kirkland's good old Costco. Kirkland brand. And I believe that is out of 1792 is where they where they get their juice from. Okay. I don't know. Part in 1792 in Barstown. Part in 1792, yep. So that leaves number seven, the one with the vanilla with a little spicy finished. One of our, I guess our second favorite one uh, by consensus was good old JTS Brown. How about that? The $16 bourbon. Coming $16. In second place. I, love I would it. buy I that all day long. Yeah. Put it right next to JW Dant, and I would be happy. Yeah. Put, uh, put that in a horse race, and you'll have a nice return. <laughs> you know I, what we should do? I think we should taste JTS Brown, or uh, JTS Brown, Cooper's Craft, 
against like maybe a Weller 12 or oh, or some of the bourbon. big boys, yeah, and see what we come up with. Uh, that could be right. a future episode. I- any excuse to drink uh, <laughs> Weller 12. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm there, my friend. Oh, yeah, sure. So did the Weller 12 come out this year? It's been, it gets released typically three times a year. Okay. Uh, should be again this year. We haven't seen it. So hopefully next month we'll get it. Okay, perfect. Boy, I sure love it. That oh, is it's just, great. It is sweet, isn't it? It is very sweet. And I can be at Beverage Barn in five minutes. Yeah. So just let me know well, when it's uh, I, on the way. I, I did set back a bottle for us to enjoy. I awesome, uh, figured nice. we would do it uh, when we do our Christmas episode with the wives. Perfect. That's but the it's the most uh, wonderful time of the year. <laughs> William LaRue Weller. So nice. Nice. Yeah. I would, I'd like to try William LaRue Weller versus Weller 12 because I like Weller 12 a lot. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll set up. Some really nice bourbons with some of these that we liked from the bottom shelf, and we'll do it blind and see which order they come in. So to my knowledge, these are all, uh, aside from the, 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 the mellow corn, these are all rye bourbons. I don't think there's a weeded bourbon in here, is uh, it? Bernheim's weeded. Well, that is, that is interesting. Wow. I believe Bernheim is the only one that's okay. weeded. It's well, not weeded very much. <laughs> I'm disappointed in that. Well, this was fascinating. I thought this was a, a, a great little exercise to do. Fellas, last thoughts on bottom shelf bourbons, man. Uh, there's some good stuff out there, and I strongly think that, that a, a, a group of folks ought to get together and do the same kind of blind tasting, get somebody to pour it uh, for you, and no commentary, just, just bring it to you and take your own notes and see what you find. There are some surprises here today. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that you should always do a blind tasting because you always have that preconceived notion of, let's say, Pappy. That because everybody else thinks it's great, that you're going to think it's great. And that's not always the case. The Pappy Rye, in my opinion, uh, there's several other ryes that I would take over Pappy Rye. So let me tell you, there was a bourbon we had today that I would take over Pappy. And you can send your complaints to Brent at distilledbourbonpodcast.com <laughs> and I'll take the heat for it. But I get the emails. That's why that's why he's going to take the heat for it. <laughs> Cooper so, Craft, way to go, Brown Foreman. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, man, that's some good stuff. Do this. You'll be surprised. You'll find some new favorites, and uh, you'll just have some fun. This is a yeah, lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. With that being said, we'll say thank you for listening. You can find us to send us a message on Facebook. You can find us on the internet at distilledbourbonpodcast.com. And remember, please drink responsibly.